With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You like produce? How about them apples? What's going on, everybody? Welcome into ACC tailgate here on Chris Landry Football on a Monday. Our uh, our last show, clearly, before Christmas in three days, four hours, 56 minutes, 24 seconds. Uh <clears throat> Our our uh, our podcast listeners won't be able to uh, appreciate this, but uh, we gotta we had to break out the Star Wars ugly Christmas sweater today. It had to happen. Um, hope everybody had a good weekend. <laughs> Notre Dame fans probably didn't, but um, I got to tell you, you know, just getting right into it right off the bat. You know, we'll we'll have a little uh, we'll have a little football, little Christmas, little 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 everything today. But um, did not see that coming on uh, on Saturday. Clemson Notre Dame down in Charlotte ACC title game. Did not see that coming. Final score thirty four to ten. Clemson and honestly, it to me it felt like more of an ass kicking than the scoreboard showed. Um, Yeah. <sighs> Trevor Lawrence was great. Trevor Lawrence. Tre- I, I and, we'll, and we'll get into this more uh, more later down the road in the show as we bring in our first viewer. Hope you're doing well on a Monday. Happy. I'm just going to say I'm, I'm just going to say Merry Christmas to everybody. Like I know we have like 3 days and change left till uh, Christmas on Friday. So obviously we won't be having a show uh, on Friday this week, because my ass is going to be eaten, uh, and eaten, and that's and that's probably about it. Um, <clears throat> um, but no, Merry Christmas to everybody. Even though we got about three days and change to go uh, before the actual Christmas holiday hits. Uh, before we kind of get going in the show, I mean, what what all we got going on? Is obviously uh, the all the bowl. Or I, I assume all of the bowl games. The majority of the bowl games have been announced. The ACC has five college football playoff teams in the in the college football playoff rankings. The fi- I, the final one of the year. Uh, they've got five teams in: Clemson, Notre Dame, UNC, Miami, NC State in that order, uh, and that is the most teams uh, of any conference, including the SEC. I got to say, especially this year, obviously obviously the SEC runs college football or has historically run college football, but uh, the ACC has been a nice second this year. Uh, And really, I don't want to get too bold here, but they've kind of been – Number one, just because Clemson Notre Dame has have been in the 
top four most of the year, a majority of the year. Uh, uh, the ACC has had as many as six teams in. In fact, you know what? I would be curious to know if I went back and I looked at every single week of rankings, be it the AP Top 25 and then once the college football playoff rankings started, I would be curious to know. I know it was between like three, not even three. I think it was between like four and six all year long as far as ACC teams in the ranking. Uh, in the top 25, uh, I know I think they only had six teams in there one week, and then they had five a couple earlier in the season, then they had four for a good stretch when it was just Clemson, Notre Dame, Miami, and then uh, you know, Carolina when they were in there, and you know, they missed a few weeks <clears throat> after losing FSU and UVA, but uh. And then obviously they finish up the year with five, the most, again, of any conference uh, in college football. The ACC has been running it this year. I mean, obviously the SEC is dominant too with Bama, Florida, uh, and others, but man, like really good year for the ACC. And I, and honestly, I think it's only the beginning. Like I think next year it's going to continue. Uh, obviously I think Clemson's going to be back. Uh, with Yuga, with DJ taking over at quarterback after Trevor Lawrence goes to probably the Jacksonville Jaguars now, not the New York Jets. Uh, who'd have thunk it? I guess we should have, right? You know, Jets can even tank properly. I don't know. You know what? Not to get off track here, uh, but I remember uh, I was talking with somebody several weeks ago about this who happens to be a Jets fan. And I asked him, would you rather have Trevor Lawrence or would you rather have Sam Darnold? Assuming he would say Trevor Lawrence. And he said he said Sam Darnold. He'd rather have Sam Darnold. He would rather trade that pick that you would have used to get Trevor Lawrence away, get assets to build uh, around Sam Darnold and actually give – because let's be honest here. Other than Le'Veon Bell, which really didn't work out, Sam Darnold hasn't had much to work with in, in his time in the NFL with the Jets. He hasn't had that much to work with. Like, I think he's a much better I, – I don't think he's a bust. I don't think he's uh, – I don't know if I'd say overrated because that really just depends on who you asked. Was he overrated or not? Some people overrated him. Uh, some people properly rated him. Some people well, – not many people underrated him just based on what he's done so far. But – I think I don't think he's a bust. I don't think he's going to be uh, what Trevor Lawrence is going to be in the NFL. Uh, I don't think he's going to be you know just a superstar. But I think he's going to have a good, above average, maybe even NFL career. He just needs the right stuff put around him to do it. Uh, a good coach would be a start. Adam Gase needs to go, and he probably will go. There's going to be a lot of stuff changing for, probably for the Jets over the offseason, I would assume. But a part of me wonders, like, I actually had this thought yesterday as, you know, we're talking about the Jets and Trevor, you know, Trevor Lawrence and all that. The thought actually kind of dawned on me. I'm like, all right, well, we've been assuming that the Jets um, – We've been assuming that the Jets were tanking all year long to get Trevor Lawrence, which it appeared they were because, you know, they hadn't won any games. But yesterday after they beat the Rams, that's who they beat, I found myself wondering, I was like, maybe they have already decided, which regardless of whether it was intentional or not, they I don't think they're going to be able to get Trevor Lawrence now over the Jags or they're not going to get that first overall pick over the Jags. What what the Jags do with that pick, you never know. I would assume whoever has the first overall pick is going to take Trevor Lawrence. But um, no, part of me wondered yesterday. I was like, what if the Jets really, maybe that was, maybe they had decided, I think we're going to stick with Sam Darnold here and try and build around him. Maybe that happened. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how likely. I don't know if that's why they messed around and won that game yesterday against the Rams uh, and screwed themselves out of the number on, number one overall pick or not. But 
it's not impossible. I mean, maybe they just were like, hey, we're going to build around Sam Darnold. Screw it. Let's win this game. I don't want to go 0-16. Like, you couldn't win one game? Not one? It's possible, but I don't even know. I don't even know how I got off on that. I was talking about Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but yeah, he's probably oh, he's probably gonna go to the Jags, is how I got started on that tangent. But um no, uh I think Clem you know, getting back to what I was talking about that led me down that train. Um the ACC is gonna be right back where they were this year, probably next year, and they're probably going to build off of because I think Clemson will be right back. Um, we'll see. I mean, obviously, I, I'm pretty sure Travis Etienne graduates, uh, and I don't know what other weapons they'll be losing. But DJ Ugalele is going to be really good, I think. And I think he's going to be able to pick up right where – that's one thing – and I talked about it a lot earlier in the year. That's That's the one thing that – you know, your teams like Clemson and the Patriots over that 20-year span that they were a dynasty and uh, the Warriors a few years ago in the NBA and other dynasty teams. It's like the difference between them and teams that are good, pretty good, really good, but they're not dynasties. It's like teams that are good to really good, they have like – Let's say they have a star player, maybe two, a star player and a really good all-star, whatever. And then you look at a dynasty team and it's just like they've got just one right after the other, or they've just got a, a deep row of superstars or really top level talent. And it's like, that's what Clemson has reminded me of, like o- over their run is that, I mean, whether it was, Deshaun Watson and then it was Trevor Lawrence and now it's going to be DJ Ugalele like next year it's just like and and I'm miss I'm forgetting others but you get the point it's like it's just one right after the other and you know the reason I was talking about it earlier in the year was obviously when Trevor Lawrence was out it's just like all right put in DJ here we go we're good we're you know we got our next guy up next stud up it's just the depth that to me that's what separates the the dynasty teams and just the really elite teams. And then the good teams pretty good, but it's just like the depth of star power is just something different with those elite level teams. And the Clemson has really showed us that over their run, uh, Alabama too. And you know, others, those are the two, obviously that stick out, you know, Bama and Clemson. Um, but no, so Clemson will be back. Yeah, uh, UNC. If if UNC, because God, they're all, with with the with the explosive offense that they have. If they could just build some type of defense, they're right there in the conversation, right in the conversation. Like they averaged, they averaged like forty points this year, give or take. I don't remember. I think they averaged, because no, I remember because I did. Uh, I did a stat uh, a few weeks ago or a few episodes ago because I was curious, you know, when Carolina was getting ready to go against Miami, I was trying to make a point that against teams that had bad defenses, so basically every team but Notre Dame, they averaged like 46 points. 46 points in every game but one against Notre Dame, you know, top four team. But other than that, Carolina's, I mean, and then throw in Notre Dame. I don't know what the give and take would be off that 46 because I think they scored 14 in that Notre Dame loss. But it's like, like they averaged about 40 points this year. And you you give them that next year, build on it again, you know, like they did from last year to this year. Sam Howell's only going to get better. Uh, hopefully he'll be in the Heisman conversation next year. And you actually, because their defense struggled this year, and you actually put a defense in there uh, with that elite offense for Carolina, they're going to be right in the mix with Clemson, I would think. Uh, Maybe even, I don't want to get too bold here, maybe even dethrone them. Like, we'll see what happens. You know, I don't know what's going to happen, what Matt Brown's going to be bringing in uh, next year, but if they could get a defense together, that's possible. Um, 
I don't know what Notre Dame's going to look like. You know, obviously we'll look at a lot of this stuff, you know, over the offseason. I don't know what Notre Dame's going to look like. I don't know. Obviously, Ian Book is going to be gone. Uh, I don't know. At least I assume he's going to be gone. Um, I don't know what they're bringing back, you know, what they're bringing in. Uh, But I would assume Notre Dame should be right back in the mix. Uh, And then obviously NC State's probably going to get better. Boston College is going to get better. Um, the moral of the story is the ACC is in, is going to be right back in the mix next year, just like they were this year. Hopefully, even better. You know, for our sake as as fans of the ACC. But um, no. So let's go ahead and get into it a little bit. Uh, so uh, the the college football rankings again. Five ACC teams. You had Clemson at number two, and again, this is the final ranking of the year. Uh, You had Clemson at number two. You had Notre Dame at number four. You had Carolina move up two spots from 15 to 13. Miami down at 18, and then NC State. uh, I think they were 23 already, and I think they just stayed put. I don't remember if they were 22 or 23 already. Uh, But, man, good finish for NC State, seriously. Given I, I didn't see that coming. Given everything they've been through this year, you know, you know, with their, with Leary going down, with who we, who he never came back. I mean, I didn't expect Leary to miss the rest of the year, but he did. Um, I I really, I mean, which is obviously hard for me to say as a Carolina fan, but kudos to NC State, you know, for really having a strong finish. I, I saw something. I think I don't know. I think their record last year was like four I'll actually pull it up I think their record last year was like four and eight or something like that I'll confirm it uh, yeah their record last year was four and eight and they finished or uh, they uh finished up at like eight and three this year which is really impressive again like given I mean, they were already getting better, but I thought when Leary went out, like that was going to be that, and it was just going to be right back to the remnants of last year with not knowing who your quarterback is from week to week. Uh, but man, good stuff for Dave Doran. I mean, that was really good for him because I honestly, I thought that he would be back this. I thought that they would give him, you know, after the debacle that was last year. I assumed just because of his past history uh, and things he'd done before that they'd give him one last chance and they did. And um, it really paid off. I mean, obviously it looks like Virginia tech's going to go that route with Fuente. Now Uh, my, my prediction for Virginia tech is that uh, Virginia tech's going to give Fuente one more year, not formally. They didn't come out and say, Oh, you got one more year or else. But my prediction behind the scenes is that they're going to give him one more year to try and right the ship. And that will do a couple of things that will give him, well, for for starters, it's going to piss a lot of Virginia, most Virginia Tech fans off because they want him gone, quite frankly. And if you're a Virginia Tech fan, you know that. Uh, Virginia Tech fans want Fuente gone, but it ain't that easy because – to buy him out would cost about $10 million right now. And given everything with COVID, that's not an easy task. Um, if you don't buy him out and you just, for the sake of argument, if you were to let his contract just go through, you got him for four more years. His contract goes through 2024. That's not, that's not music to Virginia Tech fans' ears. But that's the reality of the situation. And so I think what... You know, you know, fans tend to not think big picture and tend to not exercise patience when it comes to these things. They just want what they want and they want it now. Unfortunately, business and things like that don't work that way. If anything, patience is a key factor when it comes to business that most people don't know how to use. And you can't just like, ah, 10 million, just, you know. I saw people saying, oh, we'll start a GoFundMe page just to buy out Fuente. That's how – and this is Virginia Tech fans, by the way. This isn't just 
that this is tech fans that we're saying like, let's just go start a GoFundMe page and buy this dude out. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think what will happen is they're going to give him one more chance, kind of like NC state did with Dave Dorn to come back and try and right the ship, which I don't know how that's going to work out because I mean, the best thing they do, which is run the ball. Khalil Herbert's going to be gone because he's a senior. Uh, Hendon Hooker, I think, is a senior, which he didn't have a great year, but he ran the ball very well at times. Uh, so it's just like, I don't know what. And outside of running the ball, Virginia Tech did not do anything well. God knows their defense was awful, especially their run defense, but just their defense as a whole was awful. So it's just, and I'm not even a Tech fan, and it stresses me the hell out just thinking about this stuff. Like, I'm glad I'm glad Carolina's headed in the right direction, but, you know, suckers. Uh <laughs> Um, but now I, I think that'll give him one more year to try and right the ship. And then it'll also give Virginia tech a year to kind of come out of COVID, you know, next year at this time. And that way, if God knows what happens, if it only, if it stays the same or gets worse, God forbid for Virginia tech, then they can be in a better position to give him the ax and just buy him out because you know you know during covid it would be tough because just because of obvious reasons everything going on but that year will kind of give them a better position to potentially plan for that if it happens so that's kind of my prediction behind the scenes we'll see what happens with that um i don't even know how i got off on virginia tech i really don't uh but yeah, so huh. um, let's see here. Here's a question. Should Trevor Lawrence, and I'm going to get it, you know, I'm going to get into this more so um, probably next week. Uh, the, the Heisman's announced on January 5th, so it'll be after obviously, obviously the New Year's Day. Uh, bowls and you know after the semifinals so it should be I don't know what the exact date on the college football playoff final is uh, but I assume the Heisman is before that or right before that so they'll announce that on January 5th and right now basically you've got Devontae Smith a, a receiver from Alabama leading the way he's got uh the top odds to get it followed by his quarterback, Mac Jones, Alabama. Those are both Alabama guys, obviously uh, followed by Kyle Trask quarterback from Florida. Then you've got Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. Then he Harris running back out of Bama. So you've got three Bama guys in the top five odds to win it. And again, I'm going to get into this more so uh, next week, but I'm curious. I mean, what do you guys think? And you can tweet me or get in here on the comments. What do you guys think? I mean, who do you think should get the Heisman or will get the Heisman? Me personally, I haven't watched a lot of – I haven't watched outside of uh, the other day when Florida and Bama played. I haven't watched any of Alabama's games this year. Obviously, I know their – you know, I've heard about Devontae, and I know their quarterback's good, but my money – before Saturday was on Trask out of Florida. I think he should have gotten or should get the Heisman. But I got to say, kind of like Dabba, you know, maybe maybe this is my uh, – but then again, maybe it isn't. I mean, because he's just that good. Maybe this is my ACC bias kicking in, but Trevor Lawrence is just that good. Like – and obviously, I know you can't factor in years past because that's you know that's the thing about the MVP award, the Heisman award. It's not about the post. Well, I'm, I, it's not really about the postseason, even though I guess sometimes that could be factored in because I mean that is ultimately what matters in the big picture. But um, you know, Heisman awards, MVP awards, they're tricky because it's like. We know who the best players for the most part are, but we also know that 
you know, when it comes to the MVP and the Heisman and things like that, it's like, all right, well, it's not so much about who has universally been recognized as the best player. It's about who's the most valuable, who's been the hottest. I mean, LeBron should win the MVP in the NBA every year, but yet, you know, there's there's years where uh, Russell Westbrook got hot, James Harden got hot, Kevin Durant got hot, uh, Steph Curry got hot. It's just like, we know LeBron's the best overall player every stinking year, but, you know, the way they do these types of awards, it's about what have you done lately? You know, me, I'm sure hype and media hype gets into this as well. And what you know, it, it's, there's a lot of fact. I mean, again, it depends on who you ask. It depends on who you ask. Cause everybody's going to have a different perspective. Everybody's going to have a dif- different definition of what the most valuable player means to them. I mean, there's, there's, there's people who say that, most valuable player, you know, in its clearest form is, all right, if you take said player off of said team, what happens? What happens to the team? That's technically the definition of most valuable. You're valuable. Like, if you take me off this team, do they collapse? Are they just fine? Um. But then you've also got the angle where, I mean, that player can't help that he's got, like, all right, take Patrick Mahomes, for example. He can't help the fact that he's got that many good weapons around him to to help him out. He can't help that. And it's like, do we we demonize or take points away from Patrick Mahomes just because he's got so many good weapons around him and then, Instead, give it to a player that just because they don't have the type of weapons around him, like a la Aaron Rodgers. Oh, he's although he's got some pretty decent weapons too, but it's like it's almost like sometimes we default into giving the MVP or the Heisman to the player. And I don't know how I'm getting off on this, but it's just how I feel about it. I feel like sometimes we default into giving the player that has the least help but did the best that award. Like for example, this year in the NBA, in the NBA, everybody and their mother knows, including the dude who won it, Giannis Antetokounmpo. He knows. Even the guy that won it knows that LeBron should have won the MVP this year in the NBA. Everybody, for the most part, knows that. But yet, because Giannis is in a situation where he didn't have the type of help that LeBron had, you know, Anthony Davis, Danny Green, uh other players around him on the Lakers to help him out, you know, a good team. It's almost like we default into giving the player with the less, the least help that award. So sometimes I guess not all the time. I mean, Patrick Mahomes earned that MVP he won and he's got all the weapons, all the weapons in the world. Steph Curry earned that unanimous MVP several years ago in the NBA and he had all that help. So I don't know. That's just sometimes people look at it that way, but the more and how I got off on that, the moral of that story is, I don't know. Trevor Lawrence is just so good, man. And to that point, actually, we'll go there since I just kind of talked about it a little bit. To that point, you put Trevor Lawrence in that Notre Dame-Clemson game the other day and compare it to the first Notre Dame-Clemson game, and we all heard the talk. It's like, yeah, that's what happens when you don't have Trevor Lawrence. That's what happens. That is the difference that it makes. So honestly, I hadn't thought about it quite this way until just this very second, but this game, Clemson-Notre Dame, the other day, that helped Trevor Lawrence's, uh, that helped his Heisman chances more than anything else could because it showed the difference regarding, not, it showed the difference between a game against this top four team, Notre Dame, without him, Trevor Lawrence, and then it showed him, all right, let's plug him back in. This is what you got now, 34-10 to 10 blowout. So to that point, Trevor Lawrence has given himself the best possible opportunity to win that Heisman 
just by showing like what his absence meant to that team against Notre Dame. I mean, because that was that was the biggest game of the year. Those two matchups for both Notre Dame and Clemson because they didn't have, especially Notre Dame. They didn't, and you know we're gonna get into this here in a minute. Um. They didn't have, you know, great schedules. I mean, really, you know, Notre Dame played Carolina and Clemson, obviously once in the regular season and once in the ACC title game. Clemson played Notre Dame once, but it's like neither one of those teams had great schedules to build a resume. Um, But Trevor Lawrence, he gave himself a really, really, really good shot to get that Heisman just with what he showed because that's what most valuable really I think means is you take that player off that team and what do they look like? What's the result? And you've got two case, you've got two case in point examples, Clemson versus Notre Dame, a top four team, one of the best teams in the country without Trevor Lawrence. And here you got it with Trevor Lawrence, big difference, bigger than I thought would happen, but big difference it ended up being so that we'll get in again we'll get into kind of more of that uh discussion next week when the heisman voting and everything is coming up but i just kind of wanted to get it out there in the atmosphere today uh real quick uh before we move on got to mention our sponsor american betting experts uh so they sponsor us here at acc tailgate and then all of our uh, shows here on Chris Landry Football. Uh, they are one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the U.S., and we have teamed with them to provide you guys, all our Landry Football followers and subscribers, a very special offer, and here's all you do. So you're going to go to our website, LandryFootball.com, click subscribe, maybe, uh, and then you're going to click on the ad that's in the upper right side of the page. You're going to pick among the gaming sites legal in your home state such as BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, and PointsBet. You'll sign up, instantly receive an account deposit, match a risk-free bet. It's going to go anywhere from $100 to $1,000, and it's literally that simple. So again, you go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad locator on the upper right side of the page, and get in on that action and that special offer from our friends, American Betting Experts. Uh, we appreciate them sponsoring us here at Chris Landry Football, and we appreciate you guys for getting in on that offer. Um, so there's a lot of, so I, so obviously yesterday the, all the bowl games or the majority of the bowl games were announced, obviously including the final college football playoff. Um, let's see here. Spartan Barton in here with the comments. Welcome in. Uh, he says, my cousin is with me right now. Hello to your cousin. Uh, and he says that Clemson is about to get waxed. Uh, he's an OSU alumni. Possible. You know, it's weird. Like, much like I haven't watched much of Alabama this year, I haven't watched really any of Ohio State. So I don't know, like, what to look for, you know, what they're going to be looking at. Obviously, I'll do my homework more, you know, this coming you know, before the game, since, you know, it's obviously related to the ACC. I don't know. I find it interesting that both, uh, I guess you guys saw this. I found it interesting that both Dabo and Nick Saban had um, Ohio State out of their top four. Now, Dabo had them all the way down at freaking 11. That might have been a bit extreme, but we all know Dabo. He's an extreme character. Uh, Saban had him at five. So, I my money's on Clemson. I, my money's on, wouldn't this be something? I don't think it's going to happen, but wouldn't it be something if we got Clemson, Clemson beats Ohio State, and by some miracle, uh, Notre Dame, contrary to what most people think is going to happen let's just say notre dame squeaks it out against alabama they're gassed up they hear all the commentary they hear all the chatter it fuels them it gives them a little something extra 
and they beat Alabama somehow. And they meet for a third time in the national championship game. Clemson, Notre Dame, ACC battle, again, part three. And Notre Dame, I got to tell you, this is a very attractive scenario that is like unfolding in my head right now. Man, what if that happened? I'm hoping for it. And as eight, unless you're a Clemson fan or a Notre Dame fan or what, if you're just a random ACC fan or just a foot, you like to see good, good storylines in football. I hope you're pulling for this to happen. I really want Notre Dame and Clemson to meet again for a third time in the national championship game. And I want Notre Dame to win. Put that in your soda and sip it. I want Notre Dame to face Clemson in the national championship game, and I want Notre Dame to win. And the main reason I want Notre Dame to win is just because I'm this type of character. You know, I'm I'm very uh I'm very uh I like I I relate to the underdog story. I, I relate to the underdogs and I like to see them come back and stick it in the rear end of people who just chirp, 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 uh, and then just out of nowhere, boom, here we are again. I would love to see that happen just from the the story of it. And I got to say, I obviously, and I I tweeted this out, like the, the chatter about Notre Dame not being in the ACC was going to be extraordinary the other day when they played, especially if they would have won. Uh, which obviously they didn't, so I don't think it was as much as would have been. But you basically got the equivalent of it over the last 48, 20, 24, 48 hours once it was announced that Notre Dame is you know in the top four, number four. They were the fourth team in. And then, of course, all the chatter started. Oh, they're not even in the ACC. Oh, they got blown out the other day. Oh, That is why, like, I want Notre Dame to come back and stick it in all of your faces so bad, so bad. I want this to happen because it would just be, it would be so perfect. It just like, because at the end of the day, I don't care if they're not in the ACC. They haven't been in the ACC or any conference for over a century. Quit crying about it. It ain't getting like, and they maybe they will join. I, I did see where they could potentially join the ACC here in the next year. So whatever. What does that have to do with anything? They're still your competition. They're still damn good. And you got to beat them. And most of you couldn't beat them, which is why all the chirping started. Because you couldn't beat them. Oh, they're not in the ACC. Get them out. Beat them. You couldn't. That's why you're crying about it. It just... That's why I want them to come back and stick it in your asses. That's why. I really, that, that is what I want. I want Notre Dame to come back and just make this like a hell of a story. Um, that fired me up. I didn't plan to, to say, I, that literally, that little theory of Notre Dame somehow beating Alabama, coming and playing Clemson for a third time, beating them, sticking it in all of your faces, that literally just, that theory unfolded in real time right here on this show. And I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. Like that, that was, that got me gassed up, fired up. Not to mention Christmas is in three days. So I was already fired up enough, but I was, I was feeling a little tired before the show. I've been kind of running around all day doing some stuff and I was kind of low on energy. I was debating making some coffee and then I didn't. So I was like, yeah, I don't want it. That gassed me up right there. I got to tell you. That gassed me up. Um, Let's see here. Let's get some comments going. Um, Do I like, Spartan Barton asked, do I like UNC's bowl matchup? I love UNC's bowl matchup. So uh, if you didn't know, UNC is going to be playing Texas A&M in the Orange Bowl in one of the New Year's Six Bowls. They did get that. That actually, uh, it was predicted um, that Carolina and Texas A&M would face off in the Orange Bowl, 
it was already predicted about a week or so ago I'd seen, and that's what we got. So I love it. And I would argue, and a lot of people already are, that this could potentially be one of the biggest games in Carolina football history, if not the biggest. You know, obviously Carolina hasn't been good in football since Mac Brown the first time around, which I don't even know much about because it was before I even existed a good 20 years or so before I was even alive. So I don't know anything about all that. Um, so yeah, this is, this is a big deal. And I got to say, this is a big deal for Carolina's ranking or standing next year. I mean, they win this game. Carolina could be not could be because I mean, they're 13 right now. If Carolina wins this game against Texas A&M, which is, some people argue should have maybe been in to Spartan Barton's point here. Ohio State only played six games. They don't. He says they don't deserve to be in the playoffs solely based off that. There's a lot of people that think that Texas A&M or Florida, but since we're talking about Texas A&M, there's a lot of people that argue that they should have been in instead of Ohio State or instead of Notre Dame. Or, but you know, obviously, uh, they are the number five team. Uh, just you know the the odd man out. So this is a big big game for Carolina. I mean, Carolina wins this game. They're uh, they're easily a top ten team next year in the rank the earliest rankings or whatever. Really big game, and we're and we're obviously going to get into it more uh, on Monday, a week from now, when we actually really like discuss all the ACC bowl games in depth, especially the New Year's Day bowls. Um, this is, I mean, this is big for Carolina, really. I mean, they they've got a matchup against the odd man out in the top four of the college football playoff. I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than that outside of being in the top four. It doesn't get any bigger. So, um, yeah, I I agree. Uh, I think uh, the bowl matchups are really good this year, just in general. I mean, that re- I'm excited. They're going to be really, really good. And then obviously. Thank you for complimenting my uh, my Star Wars ugly Christmas sweater. I knew, you know, this, since this was our last show before Christmas, I had to break it out. I mean, you got I – mean, how can you beat this? I mean, you got Darth Vader all over the Christmas tree. Darth Vader lightsabers all over the Christmas tree. You got the Death Star as the star on top. Like, how can you beat this? Because notice, it ain't just a Star Wars Christmas sweater. It's the It's the Empire. Christmas sweater because we got you got to be specific here like I'm I'm for the empire like the the stormtroopers are idiots and they couldn't hit the broadside of a barn but they're still kind of badass looking so um let's see here so so here's something I wanted to do after I got all gassed up about Notre Dame and gassed up about my Christmas sweater um to wrap up, um, actually, real quick, since we were just talking about it, these bowl games, I'll, I'll just, in case you didn't see, because I want to provide you guys as much value as possible, in case you didn't see all of the ACC bowl matchups, I will go ahead and give them to you right quick. So you've got, so on, uh, so I'll give them to you in order of when they're happening. So you've got Miami taking on uh, OSU. That'll be the Cheez-It Bowl. That'll be on December 29th. And then the next day on December 30th, you've got Wake Forest. They're going to take on Wisconsin in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Then, let's see here, then you get to the New Year's Day uh, semifinal matchups uh, for the top four in the college football playoff. That'll start off uh, at four o'clock with Notre Dame and Bama. Then eight o'clock, you'll have Clemson uh, taking on Ohio State. That'll be the All State Sugar Bowl. Notre Dame, Bama, that's the Rose Bowl. Then the next day, you'll wrap up with Carolina against Texas A&M. That's the Orange Bowl. That'll be at 8 o'clock. And then earlier in the day at noon, you'll have NC State taking on Kentucky. Uh, that'll be the Tax Slayer uh, Gator Bowl. Uh, so, but, so that is all of your um, ACC Bowl matchups. 
for 2020, uh, soon to be 2021 here in a matter of days, uh, which I think we're all excited for. Um, so real quick, to, to kind of wrap up and then take us home to Christmas Day. Um, so obviously, getting back to the Notre Dame talk and all the chatter, you know, wrapped around, you know, Notre Dame, get, excuse me, getting into the college football playoff and whether or not they deserve to be in. I wanted to kind of take a look at all of the resumes of basically what I would consider the three teams that could have potentially gotten in if either Notre Dame or, or Ohio State would have not gotten in. Notre Dame because of you know the way Clemson beat them the other day. Ohio State more so just because of their kind of lack of depth in their resume, which to me, in order of teams that would have and could have gotten in was Texas A&M, Florida. Even though Florida was a spot under Oklahoma, I would still have given Florida the edge over Oklahoma's. But as far as the ranking, as far as like five, six, seven in the college football rankings, it was Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Florida. But I would have put in Florida ahead of Oklahoma. That's just me. Um so let's just take a look. I mean, Notre Dame schedule, real quick. So they started off, got a win against Duke. Eh, not a good ACC team. USF got a win. That was 52 to nothing, not a good team. Uh, Wake Forest, that was postponed. FSU, not a good team. Louisville, not a good team. Pitt, not a good team this year, really. Uh, Georgia Tech, not a great team. Clemson, they won. Obviously good team, even though even lacking Trevor Lawrence, still a really, really good team. Boston College, really solid team this year. Carolina, good team this year. Syracuse, not so great team this year. And then all of those are wins, and then obviously the ACC title game lost to Clemson the other day. So that's Notre Dame's resume. Undefeated in the regular season, you know, they the, the teams that they beat that had some kind of meat to it was Clemson the first time, UNC, and then Boston College was a pretty good game. So three somewhat solid teams. Uh, so let's take a look at Texas A&M. A&M, they beat Vanderbilt. They lost to ranked Alabama. Beat Florida, back when Florida was ranked number four earlier in the year. Beat Mississippi State, beat Arkansas, beat South Carolina, not so great teams. Uh, had two games postponed. Beat LSU, not a great team this year. Beat Auburn, beat Tennessee. So, Texas A&M, I mean, not a great uh, – it, it's, it's, it's hard to say because, I mean, obviously they beat Florida. They lost to Alabama – but other than that, that's really the only two teams they played this year that really, you know, had some meat to it. Let's see. Florida beat Mississippi, eh. beat South Carolina, eh. lost to Texas A&M, ranked opponent back when A&M was 21, uh, beat Missouri, and eh, okay, team this year, not great, never, not, was never, I don't think they were ever ranked. Beat Georgia, beat Arkansas, beat Vanderbilt, beat Kentucky, beat Tennessee, lost to LSU, lost to Alabama. So honestly, I don't know. I mean, in my in my opinion, it was really, really, really close between all these teams. I knew it would be. And and you know, here's the thing. And here's why I said this on Friday. I felt that even if Notre Dame lost to Clemson, which obviously they did. I felt like they would drop to a few spots, but I felt like they were still, because of their resume, because they were undefeated in the regular season, because they had a win against Clemson, I just felt like that was going to hold them up. Like, even if Trevor Lawrence was out against Clemson, like, they still beat Clemson. 
Like, because if you recall, DJ Ugalele, the, the Clemson backup that stepped in, he was playing very well at that time. And he's going to be very good next year and keep the Clemson dynasty going, I would assume. But that resume mattered for Notre Dame. It mattered. Undefeated and a win against Clemson. That held them up in the end and kept them in the top four. And I think... I think I think they got it right. I don't think and I don't think that's me being biased towards the ACC but cuz if you look at all those if you look at all those resumes like they're close but I think I don't know I just I think Notre Dame with what they showed this year you know even though Texas A&M and Florida in my opinion were right there and maybe depending on who how it went could have gotten in there ahead of Notre Dame but I think I think they got this right, and I think Notre Dame should have gotten in just based on their resume, holding them up just enough uh, to get in there. So we're going to get into more of the bowl games uh, next week. We're going to get more into the Heisman talk next week. Uh, but until then, you guys have an incredible Christmas. Whatever it is you're doing it, whoever it is you're doing it with, wherever it is you're doing it, um, you know, it's, it's been, a, it's been an interesting year, but ain't no reason why we can't have a heck of a Christmas. I know I plan to do it. I know you guys, I'm sure will do it. Um, and just have a heck of a good time and get ready for, and get ready for some of this football that we're, that we're getting ready to get, you know, uh, to Spartan Barton's point, we've got some incredible bowl matchups this year. Uh, and then get ready for 2021 and really just, put this year away and pounce on 2021 uh like i know we're all capable of doing because that that's what we do better than anybody we adapt and we adjust and we get better so uh yeah that's it for today you got again you guys have an incredible christmas uh and no obviously no show on friday but we'll be back on Monday to discuss these bowl games, to discuss the to discuss the Heisman race and everything else to come. College basketball is they're going to be getting kind of reared up in conference play here pretty soon, and we'll get into that as well. So until then, you guys have a very merry Christmas, and we'll see you next time. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you: What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.